you mentioned the the different different technologies and and being able to track um, member usage and that kind of thing. Um, one of the one of the big issues that we're we're hearing about in the context of you know whether it's federal, state, um, local uh, response to this this pandemic is the whole notion of contact tracing. Um, is there to your knowledge, is there is there any functionality within you know some of the technologies out there that could be used uh, for that contact tracing, so that it's not necessarily use of a facility, but who's been next to each other? Yeah, there's. I mean, you get into some pretty um, in-depth scenarios there because essentially what you're doing then is you're you're looking at GPS technology, you're looking at maybe beacon technology to really uh, to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, personally, I, I think that that's, that's probably getting quite in-depth. We have seen, you know, we've seen clubs really looking to, to implement GPS technology to know when members are on site. Um, but I think that probably the best uh, that most technology is at today from a club implementation perspective is really understanding when a member has been on site during a, a certain time of day. And Ultimately, a lot of that goes back to, to reservations and activity tracking if you can implement it. As, as great as Beacon technology is and as much potential as it represents, uh, it does rely on your members having a, a, the mobile app installed, um, right. having Bluetooth technology enabled, having location services turned on. Um, you know, and in this kind of day and age of members really looking for, for more privacy and being more concerned about their privacy, We've, we've definitely seen some pushback there. Now, that's where GPS technology starts to come in because it's a little less invasive. But for the most part, you know, wide-sweeping GPS tracking is not, uh, is not super available yet. So I would say from a contact tracing perspective, your best bet right now is, like, like in the guiding principles, try and operate on that reservations-only mentality and, um, and just track as much as you possibly can at the club to know when and where your members have been on site. Right. Good information. Um, thank you. So uh, getting into the questions, um, one of them uh, related to the retail shop, you know, whether it's a pro shop, you know, or the tennis shop, um, what uh, booking technology, it, you know, to the extent that you think that would be needed? Um, I know it sort of varies from state to state um, uh, as we sort of reopen, but um, what what sort of technology do you think would apply to uh, that kind of situation to manage the number of people within a shop? Yeah, that's that's actually pretty interesting. Um, that's probably the first time I've heard that specific scenario come up, but I'm sure it's not the the only time people have been thinking about it. Um, to me, that that seems like an appointment booking uh, type of scenario where you would, if you really wanted to limit the amount of people in a retail setting at one time. Um, obviously, I mean, you could have somebody stationed at a front door allowing only a, a limited number of people in at one time, um, or you can encourage your members to book an appointment for almost for a, you know, a private shopping experience. Um, and that way you'd really be able to control uh, when members are accessing your retail facilities. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you could probably sell it as a, uh, as a unique experience, uh, a one-on-one uh, consultation shopping experience, mm-hmm. you might say. Yeah, I know some clubs have uh, created online pro shops where they can select items that they'd like to, uh, members can select items they'd like to pick up. Um, so you at least, you know, you're continuing to provide that service and, and provide those goods to, to members, but you're not creating a choke point or, um, you know, a, a large gathering of folks within a retail space. Um, so that, that could yeah. be an additional option. 
Yeah, there's really two ways to look at that, right? So you either want to limit the amount of people that are going to be on site um, through something like an appointment booking or or something like that, or you want to enable people to to do their shopping remotely. So from an online ordering perspective, so I say online ordering, but you could call it online shopping, right? Uh, where you know you essentially you set up online stores for your food and beverage outlets. You can also do the same thing for your retail outlets, and if you wanted to offer groceries, you could do the same thing there as well. Um, where members can access these things via their mobile phone uh, on the internet or your club's mobile app uh, or their desktop and right through your own club website. Um, they could access any of these facilities uh, and they could place orders online. Everything gets billed back to them, you know, as a member charge and you pretty much, you've got contactless shopping and, and ordering. And then it's just a matter of your club deciding whether or not you want to do a delivery option to your members uh, or if you want to have a club pickup point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's a that's a great point. And you know, one of the things that um, uh, you know at Mount Vernon Country Club, the pro shop has actually put together that online shopping experience. And you know, I, I sort of viewed that as also an opportunity for um, you know to reach out to your non-resident members or your national members, that kind of thing, and make sure that they are aware that this is available to them, and and they can you know you can ship goods to them. Um, uh, if they if they'd like, um, so there's some opportunities there that um, maybe you know we didn't really think about beforehand um, that uh, that present themselves uh, in this unique unique time. Um, another question from an attendee is uh, how about the members being able to order from their table on their phone or you know tablet? Yeah, so that's. Um that's actually an interesting one as well. So this is, it's funny, we've, you know, we've looked at these different technologies over the last couple of years and, and tried to really assess demand for it. And obviously not seeing something like this coming down the road, there hasn't been a high level of, of demand for at table ordering um, from a mobile device. Um, but uh, the same, same philosophy holds true, right? And kind of thinking differently. So if I was looking at existing technologies that are out there, so an online ordering perspective, um, Essentially, what I'm doing with online ordering in a food and beverage outlet is I'm making certain menu items or my entire menu available online for ordering. So if I had um, members who wanted to come in and, you know, take a take a seat either on my patio or in one of my dining rooms um, and have a contactless ordering, um, basically, you could have them log in place the order, it could fire directly to the kitchen. And in the notes section, they would just have to let the uh, the staff know which table that they're seated at. Um, and that could be a pretty quick and easy way to do it. It's not, you know, wasn't essentially designed for that particular scenario, um, but it's it's a pretty easy way to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, so another question, um, this is getting a little, a little Deeper, um, does Fortis integrate with Jonas in terms of downloading membership names? Um, I believe we have, a, from a Jonas perspective, I believe we have an integration there that allows them to access that. Um, but your best bet is uh, contact your local, uh, your Jonas uh, rep, or um, contact us directly at, at headquarters. And uh, I can I can give you a 100% certain answer on that, or, or get you with the right person who can. Sure, and I, th- I think that just goes back to you know if you have questions or you want to you know figure out uh, solutions to a particular issue, um, to definitely reach out to your technology provider and and um, you know uh, see if there's a ways that you can adapt and and provide the services that you'd like to provide in the way you'd like to provide them. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things, you know, I definitely, I wanted to not be too Jonas specific today, but obviously my, my area of expertise comes from a Jonas perspective uh, for everything I've put together in the presentation today. But um, definitely, you know, that that's one of the, the principles. Don't be afraid to reach out to your technology vendor at any time to, to ask questions like that, or, or just give them scenarios where they might be able to help you out. Um, like I said, you know, this is a really collaborative time and uh, we're, we're really eager to work with our clients to help them better service their members. We know that it's, it's a unique and challenging time. And, um, you know, I think like, like others that are out there in the industry, we feel like we're, we're ready to be challenged and, and try to find unique ways to help clubs out. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly a time for uh, increased innovation, um, uh, given the given the circumstances we're in and and kind of the uncertainty we face. But um, another question for you: um, What are your thoughts on the use of virtual reality technology in clubs? I think it'd be really cool. <laughs> um, so, we, yeah, we, this is one of those things that we kind of looked at a, a couple of years ago as well. Um, we had actually uh, we had purchased this um, kind of a, a heads up Microsoft VR uh, display, um, and we were looking at ways that we may be able to implement new technology into it. I mean, some of the obvious ways would be you know if you're able to facilitate lessons uh, with your you know your golf pro your tennis pro via a virtual virtual reality scenario. Um, one of the probably most common uses I've actually heard of clubs trying to implement are arcades for kids with augmented reality, virtual reality headsets, things like that, that, um, that give them the opportunity to come in and, you know, do something a little bit unique, maybe that they don't have the setup for at home. Um, it's, um, but it's definitely something that I think is interesting. There's potential there in a number of different ways, both, like I said, from virtual reality and augmented reality, where you're kind of interacting with what you see around you, but you have additional interactive elements to it as well. Um, I think it's very early days. Uh, we don't see a strong call for, for those types of things, but that's the type of technology that we get really kind of excited about, and we like to chase after and, and see what we can do with things like that. So for whoever asked the question, if you've got specific ideas, we would love to hear how you think that it can be implemented better at clubs because, like I said, that's the kind of thing that we get excited about. Yeah, that's great. And like I said, you know, the, the innovation uh, opportunities at this time are, are really endless and, um, you know, present some, some really exciting uh, opportunities ahead. Um, you know, I saw a story uh, the other day, um, that there's a possibility that Dean Martin might be uh, showing up at uh, in the at the Vegas Strip again via hologram. <laughs> um, it, you know that that presents some unique uh, entertainment opportunities uh, potentially in the future too. So, um, question for you: um, How can clubs provide video content uh, such as uh, as a cooling lesson uh, in a format that is only available to the membership? Can it be plugged into the website or a website? Yeah, yeah. So uh, most of the the club website platforms that are out there today, um, including you know Members First and Clubs Online, um, there's a public. Hey, Trevor, it, was, it was cooking, cooking, cooking. Okay, cooking. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a there's a publicly accessible side of the website, and you can make that as robust as you want, or as limited as you want. And then there's a members only side of the site. Um, within that members only side. Um, you can embed video content, uh, streaming services, uh, kind of whatever you'd like. I, I believe Zoom even has a way to do live streaming services, and obviously that's a really popular platform these days, despite some of the security criticisms it's received. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it, it's really simple just to embed a video. And again, there's a lot of streaming services out there. Um, I think we actually sent out um, kind of a, a tip to our clients last week, uh, overviewing some of those different streaming services that they might want to look into. I mean, YouTube is probably the most uh, robust, uh, but you do have to have a thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel and you have to be verified by YouTube in order to do live streaming. So, I mean, most of your clubs, uh, you know, you're probably going to be able to get to that thousand subscriber level. Um, so that would be a great opportunity for you. I mean, I always tell people YouTube is the world's most accessible, most used uh, video streaming service. It's, um, it's a great opportunity to get your, your name out there. And obviously we see clubs doing all kinds of interesting things. So online cooking classes, updates from general managers. Um, I think I, I don't want to, I, I think it may be the club at Mediterra has a really good 60 second uh, club update that they do weekly with a couple of their staff is really entertaining. So there's a number of great ways to really engage your membership through streaming video um, and video content via your club website. But absolutely, you can lock that down so that it is only accessible to your members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, used a, a sort of teleprompter uh, software app um, on my iPhone to record uh, a message to my membership uh, um, which was really kind of handy to make sure that you cover all the things that you need to cover um, in a quick uh, quick update. So um, the thing is just to think about what you need or what you want and and search around for it. It's it's, it's probably out there. Um, and it's just a matter of finding it. Yeah, um, you're absolutely so, right. So Trevor, um, any any closing thoughts? Um, I think we've we've hit our limit on questions and we're we're running out of time. But I just wanted to give you an opportunity to. To close it up. Yeah, I would. I guess I would say from a technology standpoint for everybody out there, um, you know, I, I've said it a few times. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to your technology vendors. We're here to help. Um, but don't be afraid to try and be innovative as well. Try and think like a tech company right now because you know technology is going to be at the forefront of how we move forward, and we you know increase levels of service and offer new services to members. So. Um, you know, we, we constantly focus at Jonas on trying to be innovative and, and, and kind of lead with the, the technology that we bring to the industry. Um, I would say, you know, try and try and be innovative as well and be creative. Um, but above all, don't, don't be afraid to lean on your peers in the industry. Um, keep attending NCA webinars and uh, lean on your technology vendors for, for any questions that you've got. 